When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The Bird Show. I asked Kristen and Cassie because this was a bit of a confusing situation on Friday where she says, let's go on a break. He goes on a complete break where he doesn't reach out to her at all. And she's upset that she, she doesn't like the way he's handling the breakup. Because she wanted a break. what she wanted. But she wanted him to check in and at least see how she's doing. So I asked Kristen and Cassie to do the impossible. Can you put together a couple of scenarios that always get guys and women screwed up where we think we are doing what you want, you know, basically because that's what you asked Mm -hmm. and we're messing it up anyway. So what are you saying and what do you mean? And Abby, to establish, because you weren't here on Friday, um, my sentiment is because women have com- have been conditioned for centuries uh, to not be a burden and, you know, we we downplay what we need because we don't want to be, like I said, we, we don't want to be a burden to anybody. We never really truly ask for what we want or what we need. Mm. So we kind of, we downplay things and we, we dismiss our needs. So we're getting better, but so men can understand, we don't do this to drive you crazy and to play a game. I really do think like subconsciously, we've just been conditioned for so long not to ask for what we really want because we'll be, we will be perceived as, you know, a bitch or... High maintenance. Yes, exactly. So we're trying to change that. But in the meantime... Here's a glossary to help. (laughs) All right. So we already got the one. When you're on a break, that doesn't mean don't communicate with me. I need you to at least just check in and say, hey, thinking about you, hope you're like, hope you're doing okay. All right. So a break doesn't mean a complete break break of no communication. Correct. Mm -hmm. But don't be mad if she doesn't respond. Mm -hmm. (laughs) No, but seriously, it's just the fact that you texted meant that you thought about me and maybe I do want a communication break, but it still shows me that you're in this to win it. All right. So if he communicates... He shouldn't expect a communication back, even though that's what you're telling us that she should expect. I I think there should be a response. Yeah, I don't completely Mm. agree with ignoring him. If he's going to put his pride on the line and say, hey, just thinking about you, he should at least get something back. Like, thank you for checking in. I guess I'm safeguarding because there are some women out there who will be like, if I ask for a break, I want a break. I don't want to hear from you. So Mm -hmm. I'm I'm just trying to serve everybody, which doesn't work. (laughs) No. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, volley. Your turn. Okay. If she says, don't worry about it, I'll do it. You better do it and you better do it fast because what that means is she is tired of helping you figure out how to do whatever task she has asked you to do. And just so you know, studies show that the more a woman does around the house, the more they see you as a dependent and their sexual attraction. <gasps> oh, okay. and that is a that's a that's science. But yes, it's it's the it's not it's the phrase. 
Don't worry about after she has already asked you. Don't worry about it. I'll do it. Or even if it's lighthearted, don't worry about it. I'll take care of it. Mm-mm-mm-mm. You better do it. Do we get to comment on, sure. on some of this glossary? Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. What's the point? What's the point of doing a glossary if you're not going to abide by well, it? Because I'm saying if this is, is if this is really what you want, then women are sending conflicting messages because we know this. I have heard, "Don't worry about it. I'll get it." Right, and then I get it. Then she's mad that I got it when she said that she was going to get it. I was taking away something that she was going to do to add to the house. But did she ask you to do it first? No. That's the that's, key. that's the difference. She has to ask you. So if I say, hey, babe, can you do X, Y, and Z? And then he's like, okay, well, where is this? And where is this? And I'm like, you know what? Don't worry about it. I got it. No, you should know where X, Y, and Z is. You should know how mm-hmm. to do this. I asked you, but now you're putting all the load back on me okay. to help you figure out how to do it. So if she says she's going to do something, but it hasn't been done, and I just go ahead and do it, then she's open to like being mad at me for doing what she said she was going to do? Correct. I, yeah, I feel like that's partner dependent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> all right. Um, <laughs> next we have, does this dress look good on me? Ooh. I'm fishing for a compliment. Tell me it looks great. Hell yeah. If I'm asking if does something look good, it's because I, I need, we're about to go, I need a little boost in self-esteem. Same thing goes with if I'm complaining about my body, do not give me advice on what I like, well, you know, we can work on X, Y, and Z. And if you want to lose weight, blah, blah, mm, 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 mm. I am, <laughs> I need a boost to my self-esteem. I just need you to tell me how beautiful and perfect I am. All right. So does the dress look good? Yes. yes. You look amazing, baby. Yes. And when you're complaining about a part of your body. Yes. Do we say anything or do we say you're, you, you look beautiful to me? I, but she's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking <laughs> about. Yeah, yeah, okay. exactly. All right. Or so the... The not good answer is, oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, that would be horrible. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, you do got a muffin top. Yeah, you, you never, you never <laughs> confirm. You don't say that. No, okay. uh-uh, you never concur nor confirm. <laughs> do you think my friend is hot? Do you think so-and-so is hot? Your first word out of your mouth is, who? Even if it's her best friend, who are you talking about? You play like you don't know who she's talking Even about. Even if it's like her best friend? Because you're not looking at her best friend as hot, so why would you immediately think of her best friend when she's talking about her coworker named Rebecca? Like, that's the thing. So, who? And then if she presses, you can be like, I guess objectively she doesn't suck, but honestly, I never really thought about it. Mm. That's, yeah. So that way, that you have not mm-hmm. called her friend ugly. Because okay. you say objectively, ah. she do- objectively, you are removing yourself. Mm-hmm. She doesn't suck. But you have never thought about it. Okay. Can I call my lawyer? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Also, on that vein, when it comes to friends, if I'm telling you a story, all right, like I'm sharing, actually, I'm not telling you a story. I'm complaining. I'm whining about something, right? Okay. Let's let's, let's just keep it 100. So I'm complaining about an issue with a friend. And this is specific to that. It's an issue with a girlfriend. Don't try to fix it. And don't you dare see it from her point of view. I am not coming to you for you to take sides or anything. I just need you to listen. I need to vent. Mm-hmm. And this is specific because sometimes there's other problems that arise in life. But it's, if it's specific to like something like this, man, you just sit there and you be like, ah, oh, girl, that's, yeah, mm, I'm sorry. That sucks. Yeah. Question, question, question. Does this apply to family also? Yes. Okay. No, oh, yes. Absolutely. <laughs> it, more so than ever. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. If she says, let's go get ice cream or frozen yogurt or drive through food, whatever. You have to get something as well. Yes. There is no, sure, babe, I'll take you. She doesn't want it then. She doesn't want to eat alone. If you're not getting ice cream, she's not getting ice cream. So just even if you don't want it, pretend. Heck yeah, let's go. Let's go do it. 
And, and then also, when you get there, you have to buy something. Yes. Yes. And also, like we said, or like we said last week, if she says she doesn't want anything, get her something anyway. Yes. Like get her a side of fries, get her like you, you, if you've been together long enough, you know what they like. Mm-hmm. Be like, Hey, I got this just in case. If you don't want it, I'll, I'll take it. Got it. If you want to go pro level, mm-hmm. whenever you hear your girl order something, just take a little secret note in yep. your notes app on your phone mm-hmm. and then you'll always know her exact order. Ooh. I, I saw the If she ever sees your notes app though, is she like, Oh, you got to write that down? No, no. I would think okay. it was the most adorable, yeah. sweet thing ever. Okay. And then I saw that there's, there's one guy, it was so funny. He was running to a fast food joint. I don't remember which one. She's like, aren't you going to get my order? And he's like, what are you talking about? She's like, don't you need to get my order? And he sat there and rattled off everything she got, all the condiments and sides, and it was so hot. <laughs> now, there is, just to make things confusing, oh, no. I would say there is one exception to this rule. And Kristen, you can confirm or deny. If your girl is on a specific mm. diet, do not bring home anything that is not on that diet because that is unfair and she will cry. And that by she, I mean me. <laughs> All right. So we need to know exactly what diet you're on and not well, bring. If your friend is, your order. if your girl's very obviously on keto, like don't go get her a donut when you're going to the donut <laughs> shop because then it just feels like a temptation and she's conflicted because she wants it. But then again, she's trying to do keto and this is your fault for sabotaging her. Mm-hmm. Like Bart came home with one bottle of wine instead of two yesterday. And that did not go over very well. How many bottles do you need? Well, the problem was we were dr- I was drinking with my neighbors and there was four of us out front. So we went through that bottle like that. That's, Bart, that's one, one glass each. I know, exactly. Bart, Jeez. Bart, Bart. Because oh, I'm trying, I'm not drinking during the week. And he's like, I didn't want the temptation. And I'm like, yeah, but we have neighbors. See how his intent, his intent was so good though. It yeah, was. it was, uh-huh. but it didn't land. Um, if, she, if she doesn't like flowers, buy her flowers. Now, if she, or not that she doesn't like flowers. If she's like, no flowers, don't buy me flowers, they die, blah, blah, blah. I'm not saying get flowers for a special occasion. I'm saying out of the blue for no special occasion whatsoever, you come home with flowers just because. A lot of that is guilt around the cost of flowers. Yeah. So that's why they'll say, like, don't do that for Valentine's Day. Yeah, and the don't celebrate Valentine's Day, that's a load of BS. Mm-hmm. Get her a card, like, at minimum, get her a card and, like, put a gift card for a massage in there or something mm-hmm. like that. Something just for her. Okay. And speaking of special days, never ask this question. Babe, what do you want for your birthday? You should know. Mm. We've been dating. Mm-hmm. You should have, I have mentioned products throughout my life that I have liked. I have made commentary. You know me. And if you don't, if we just started dating... I'm pretty sure you can find one of my friends on Instagram or Facebook and shop with them for ideas. Do we get pinged for buying you something that you don't like that you're going to, I was going to say you're going to have to return, but now I'm sort of guiding my way through this emotional landmine. Yeah. No, I should never have, you, you return it. We return it. Yeah. And because returns are such a pain in the butt. Mm -hmm. Do we get more credit for getting you the wrong thing or for asking you what you want? I would I would prefer you try and yeah. get me the wrong thing. Okay. Because when you ask me what I want, then it takes, then I feel like an obligation. I'm costing you money. So now in my head, I'm like, what do I think his budget is? I don't want to make him spend too much. I'm not worth this. I don't know. No, I don't want to say I'm going to, you know, go get me this. Because what if someone's getting me this? Or what if I'm going to buy it for myself later on? It, it just is like such a quagmire of annoying thoughts that... Just figure it out. The mental labor is yours for my birthday. Hold on. Lisa here is not walking in solidarity with you. She thinks you guys are ridiculous. You're ridiculous. We gave that disclaimer. You're ridiculous. And I own it. Good morning, Lisa. You're on the virtual. Hi. Good 
born in Bridgeto, but like this list is exhausted. Yeah. It is. If I was a guy, I'd just be like, no, I got no time for you guys. <laughs> just have a bloody conversation. That would be nice, but Girl, unfortunately, that's not going to happen. I've tried the conversations. They don't really work. So here we are. You know what is making more sense to me than anything else? Those weird shows where dudes fall in love, like with their exhaust pipe on their car. <laughs> He's trying to get it out. It's starting to make sense to me now. Just make sure the car's turned off. The Burt Show. We know the last thing in the world that you want when you're listening to a radio morning show is philosophical questions. So let's hit you with a couple of them right now. Um, Kristen left this one for us. Uh, she's out today. Uh, she said that she started to feel a cold yesterday. She was going to do the show from home today, and then she woke up and she had no voice. So she's out. But she left us with this. All right, so this was on Instagram. <clears throat> we all have to answer this. You meet your 18-year-old self. You're only allowed three words. What are they? Mm-hmm. Three words to tell your 18-year-old self. Okay, that was just last year for you, uh, Abby. So <laughs> what, <laughs> what would you tell yourself last year? So for me, I was trying to figure out something that would be both hopeful and encouraging without being too cryptic. Because for me, I live in worst case scenario land and always think mm-hmm. the worst is going to happen. So I wanted to give myself something... <laughs> That would give a little bit like hint that like things are going to be okay, but everything I came up with um, <laughs> kind of, I could still spend to be worst case. Scenario. Can we dive into that for just one second? Yeah. So what's the defense mechanism there? So if you're, cause it just seems so stressful to me to always think w- the common denominator in every problem is going to be the worst case scenario. Mentally, that would be exhausting for me. Well, my last name is Murphy. Like what can go wrong will go wrong. Like I just, <laughs> it's just naturally built into my DNA. Um, I don't know what it is. I think it's maybe just me being kind of a naturally negative person and just, save that. <laughs> just I'm just constantly just living in a world of pessimism. And, and maybe if I think the worst is going to happen, then I'll prepare for the best. Mm-hmm. But I think it probably just comes down to the fact that I don't have enough free flowing serotonin. <laughs> that was well thought out. Apparently, that's not the first time you've asked yourself this question. Nope. <laughs> Have you found yourself like in in your past? Whenever you do things, something inevitably will go wrong, and that sort of trained you to be like, "Well, something is definitely going to go wrong, no matter what." Yeah, it's probably a trauma response to something, and something horrible didn't happen in my past. But I think being a perfectionist, you just and you're, you're nothing is ever good enough. So I think I, hmm. I my brain just kind of is always assuming that the worst is going to happen because for me, the worst is literally anything less than my best. So I got this weird thing about like energy in the universe. And I, I feel like if I go to worst case scenario in my head and I think it, then the universe is going to hear it. And that's what's going to happen. That's exactly what I think. And I, I used to be the same way. I used to always wait for the other shoe to fall. I used to always think it's going to go bad. And then somebody one day told me, it literally takes the same amount of energy, Mo, to think that things will go right or to think that things will go wrong. So just try to think that things will go right and see what happens. However, here's what I do connect with what you're saying in your philosophy. And Mo, I don't know if you're like this, but this is the way that I brace myself for sporting events. Every time my team is playing, I just know they're going to get their ass kicked that weekend. <laughs> so that's what I tell myself. And I'm pleasantly surprised when they win, but I want to brace for the loss before it happens. I do the same exact okay. thing. Yeah. <laughs> I go in prepared to lose every single week. Well, so it can uh, also be like a form of control. Like if you think that the worst is going to happen, you can prepare for it. Mm-hmm. Or maybe in some weird messed up way, if you think the worst is going to happen, like the universe will hear it and be like, well, now I'm not going to do that because she she saw it coming. <laughs> well, you, you can't be you can't be disappointed if you expect the worst to happen. Right. You know, and I think if you're a perfectionist, like you say you are, Abby, and I think we have some similarities, like 
if you do something and something does go wrong, like I beat myself up. I'm like, I should have prepared for that. That was really dumb of me. Of course that was going to happen. How could I not Mm -hmm. see it coming? Yeah. So the words that I gave my 18 year old self were words that came to me in a vision when I was around like 23 and I was kind of in a low place at my old job where I was kind of like, everything sucks and I'm going to quit. <laughs> and I heard this weird voice in the back of my head because I hear voices. <laughs> not not all the time, but every now and then. Okay, and so <laughs> she's not a perfectionist. It's schizophrenia. I'm just, <laughs> yeah. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just mentally ill. <laughs> we are really learning a lot about that <laughs> over the last two and a half call, minutes. Call it the universe, call it Jesus, whatever. And the voice just said, don't give up. And that gave me enough strength to kind of make it through. And I kind of think that everything sort of worked out. So I would tell my 18-year-old self, Mm -hmm. don't give up. So I'll do mine quickly because it's sort of close to what yours uh, are also. And that's um, things work out. You don't know when you're 18. You don't know when you're like in your early 20s also. But any major thing that has come in my life, I have been so stressed out about the outcome. And in looking back at it, yeah, it was stressful at the time. But you know what? Things work out. They're going to be okay. Mine is in line with what you guys have said. And it's funny because things work out was also my other one. But then I landed on believing yourself. Because I, mm. that's what I mm. think my issue was when I was younger. I just didn't believe that things would go right. I didn't believe that I was enough, that I had what it takes, to, and everything will work out in the end, so long as you just keep your faith and believe in yourself. So I think that would have been my message to me. Cass. Find your, uh, find your passion. Mm. So I feel like I was pretty aimless at 18. Um, and this was like, for those listening, like you guys, before the internet, before TikTok, before all this like opportunities to find things to be interested in. So I was interested in a lot of stuff, but I kind of just floated through college, like taking classes here and there. And I didn't have a real passion until my senior year and I discovered really photography. And I wish I had something earlier. I wish I had more direction rather than just kind of floating aimlessly. I know college is about mm-hmm. finding yourself, but that's what I would tell myself is to really get out and search for your passion and focus on it. That's good. The Burt Show. So it was a few weeks ago. This is still pretty startling, man. We now have confirmation, even though we've sort of felt it in our gut, that aliens have landed in the United States of America and all around the world. And they got folks that are actually working with the aliens. I mean, they've dissected them. Who knows where they are? But it's a reality now. What's the terminology they're using, Cassie? Because they're not calling them aliens because they said they have aircraft and they have bodies of what? Extra dimensional. No, no, excuse me. They're using biologics is what it is because the whole thing is they might not be from space. They may be from an alternate dimension instead. So calling technically calling them an alien or an extraterrestrial is not correct. So they call them non-human biologics. They're also using the acronym UAPs instead of UFOs, which is the other one I remember. Okay. Unidentified aerial phenomena, though I think the P has been updated to something else now. Oh, okay. Geez. Okay. Yeah, anyway, it's a lot. You don't want to offend aliens. the aliens by calling <laughs> them aliens. They're not aliens. What, exactly. <laughs> they're They'd be really upset. They're not human biologics. You don't want to piss them off not <laughs> knowing what their capabilities are. So okay. with that, Kristen had an idea. So listen, I'm I'm not, I'm, I'm one of those people that you see in the memes that are circulating that I really honestly... Hmm. Sorry, not sorry. Don't care about the aliens. What? I feel like we got a lot of stuff going on down here. What? And I'm just, <laughs> it's. It's so much more interesting to read about this than the other crap going on in the world. You would think, but I just, I, in all sincerity, I don't really care about the aliens. <laughs> <laughs> but I figure since this, everybody, everybody else in here was super stoked about the aliens that I'm like, all right, so they're here. We know they're here. Congress has confirmed that. So you run into an alien. Mm-hmm. Alien lands, knocks on your door and says, hey, I would like you 
to show me around your place. Mm -hmm. What's the first thing you're going to do with your alien? Okay, I would like to go first. Okay. And I will tell you why. In full disclosure, I completely forgot about this list, even though I did it Uh when you told me to. But I had forgot to do it all day long. And when I finally got to it, I'm just going to be honest with you guys. I was super high in Delta 8. <laughs> I know, right, which is totally legal. So you're going to do Delta 8 with your alien? Um, no, I didn't put that on the list. <laughs> but you now should. that I'm looking at the list, I was definitely high. <laughs> <laughs> did you put Claremont Lounge and Pink Pony? Uh, I did not. Um, for whatever reason, I thought it would be really funny f- to take an alien to a Dragon Con or a Comic Con. Oh. Okay. Because their first, first time on Earth, they're like, what the hell is all this? That, that makes a lot of sense. Okay. Um, I also thought it would be really cool to take them to Dollywood. Oh, okay. Um, I wanted to play pickleball with my alien. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do you, you want them to destroy the planet? Is that what I'm hearing? Why? What's wrong with that? Pickleball is a very... Okay. They're okay. going to be so intrigued by everything... Earth has uh-huh, They have the technology to travel either between dimensions or across light years, but pickleball is what's yes, going to get it. Pickleball is hell playing pickleball. <laughs> um, I, for whatever reason, thought taking a monster monster trucks would be really fun. <laughs> you were so high when you put this list together. Uh, Renaissance fair. <laughs> I'm picturing an alien holding a giant turkey drumstick. <laughs> well, I kind of went there with my last one. I don't know where this came from. I don't even really remember writing it. Uh, I would take my alien, uh, or I would make my alien wear a bolo tie while eating a corn dog or sprayed canned cheese. <laughs> what? what? Oh, he was deep in that joke. Okay. <laughs> you were tripping. I honestly don't know if we need to go through anybody else's list. That I mean, I that. pretty much got them all covered. You really did. Nailed it. Mm-hmm. All right, Mo, what are you going to do with your alien? Uh, I wanted to take them to an amusement park just because I want to see them get on a roller coaster and see if they react like, really? This, this, <laughs> this is, is nothing. Like, what is this? Uh, to the studio, because I have to be the first artist to have an alien featured on a record. Oh. I feel like that would be fine. <laughs> and um, lastly, I said I would take them to the cow- or Cowboys game. And also hope that they can play quarterback. <laughs> then maybe they can help us win some games. So I would use mine as a ploy to meet all my favorite celebrities. Oh my God. So I would turn into like a mommy blogger. Like I'm going to start an Instagram account for my alien and make it the first extra dimensional influencer. And then I'll take it to little restaurants. I'll put it in little outfits. And then all my favorite celebrities are going to see it and be like, oh my gosh, what can money not buy? An alien, and they'll all want to meet me because they'll be like, "I want to be friends with Abby and her cool alien friend." Oh wow, that's that's a good entertainment buzz reporter right there. That is. That's living it. I'm nothing if not on brand. That's living the lifestyle. I did a very different take from you guys. I'm going to take my aliens to see beautiful views like the mountains in Jasper, Canada, the beaches in Fiji, Boring. the Northern Lights in Norway. Then we're going to look at human achievement stuff like the Taj Mahal, or go to the Louvre and see the Sistine Chapel. And then we're going to go see the bad parts, like um, the largest slum in Pakistan, Chernobyl, the homeless population in L.A., a cancer ward, the Great Pacific Garbage Patch, because they will have seen all the beautiful parts. And when I end on the sad stuff, they're going to help us fix it all. I feel like we have to do so bad now. I feel like we have to do everything we can to make sure that you don't get the alien. Yeah. Why? Well, That's a great. You want Abby wants to dress it in influencer outfits and take it to restaurants. You want to play this, pickleball. You're going to take this alien to a museum or see yeah. the Northern Lights, where who knows where they came from. From, the Northern Lights is probably nothing to them. Or maybe it's everything. Maybe their like <laughs> ugly planet is an ugly barren rock, and this Chernobyl. is the most beautiful thing they've ever seen. <laughs> no, um, so 
I was going to do the same thing with my alien. <laughs> You're going to take them to all beautiful. No, no, no. I wasn't going to take them to the beautiful parts. I was literally only going to take them to like the Fatberg in the ocean and be like, how can we? F-? I was going to take the alien to all our problem areas to see if they could figure out how to fix it. No, mm-hmm. you put them in a bolo tie and you take them to Monster Truck. <laughs> the Bird Show. I think my boyfriend is gay. Says the email. That's how it leads right there. She wants some advice. Look, if you've got something going on in your life, you want to share it with Bird Show, Bird Show fam, maybe get you some advice, hit us up at thebirdshow.com. So I need some advice. I think my boyfriend is gay. First off, I have nothing against anyone that's gay. I actually support it. Second, I live in a different state and I've been listening to your show since my 20s. I'm almost 43. So I'm saying I'm a huge fan. I've been with my fiance for almost a decade. Still no marriage. Anywho, he admitted to me in our first couple of years of our so-called engagement that he had relations with a man several years prior to him and I even knowing each other. The only reason he admitted this to me was because when he announced on his Facebook account that he was engaged, some random guy whom I'd never heard my fiance ever mention left him a message on Facebook Messenger and said, Hi, doll. I miss you. I was allowed access to his phone at the time, so I asked my fiancé about this guy calling him a doll. Yeah, it's not often that one guy will refer to another guy as doll. (laughs) I texted Mo yesterday. I didn't say, hey, doll. How you feeling? (laughs) I don't believe you did. It's never too late to start. (laughs) In fact, there were no words at all. There were just a couple of moments. It really was. It took me 10 minutes to figure out what you were asking. (laughs) My fiancé admitted to me that it was a quick fling and that I had nothing to worry about. I quickly let it go as something he tried but didn't like. Well, here I am, almost a decade later, later, still in the fiancé mode. Lately, as in the last year, he leaves my apartment. He lives with his mom, by the way, and goes to a guy's house whom he says doesn't hang out with women. He says this gentleman likes to wrestle with him. And then he told me that he meant to say, arm wrestle. No, he didn't. <laughs> When's the last time you hung out with like your your dudes and you guys arm wrestled? Arm wrestled? I was probably 13. Okay. Yeah, been a while. Yeah. yeah, been a while. Been a while. All right, just checking. And even longer since I wrestled with them. <laughs> <laughs> like as in never. Right. I'm just surprised we have this letter. She's been with him 10 years and she has just now mentioned that he lives with his mom, but that's not that's not a problem here. I caught him about four years ago talking with a man at a bar who bought him a drink. I was alone by myself on a patio trying to find him. What should I do? I've tried to make this man happy. I've loved him to the very depths of my soul, but he's full of drama and he's lied to me about the men in his life. To reiterate, I am all for any types of love, but I've spent almost a decade with someone who used to let me see their phone until now. Someone who won't even let me touch his phone, let alone his D, Ooh. for two years. Okay, Dad. Yeah, we got problems. Now we got problems. <laughs> There's a lot of information in just the last <laughs> paragraph of this. What should I do? Sincerely, the fake fiance. Come on. You know what to do. You know what's going on. You haven't has, you, you guys haven't done it in two years? She hasn't even touched it in two years. Nah. Yeah. Nah. Woof. That's more than enough information to at least pull out all the stops and have a serious conversation with this man about what's really going on. Yeah, I mean, he clearly is super uncomfortable with what appears to be uh, an attraction to men, right? And we got a lot of circumstantial evidence going on here. For us, it seems clear as day. But 
I don't know how you feel about it, but if you're open to being in a marriage with a dude that can also date dudes, then I would tell him that. If you're not for that whatsoever, I think you got some decisions to make. And because he was forthcoming and he told her he had had a relationship with a man prior to even knowing her, I feel at this point, you both need to sit down and you need to be like, how do you identify? Because maybe he's gay, maybe he's bisexual, maybe he is somewhere else on the spectrum. Um, So you need to have that open conversation and you need to, and again, I don't think you're going to get anything about being accusatory, but be like, you're, you're doing X, Y, Z. We haven't had relations in two years. You no longer let me see your phone. Um, there's these other men are like, I can't sit here and wait for a man to marry me that I think is interested in men. At some point it's insulting. Like, I mean, there's so much clear evidence here that when you yeah. deny it over and over and over again, it's like, you're almost like insulting my intelligence. Just be honest with me. But the second part of this, I do have some compassion for here. She's been with this dude for a decade. That's, That's a lot of, yeah. of time invested. Mm-hmm. So she wants to hold on with everything she has, but. But it, you. You can't stay with somebody just because you don't want to look at those 10 years as wasted time. No, that's not what I'm inferring, but I'm understanding her desire to try to work around this. Well, it's hard to walk away from someone that you've been with for 10 years, but this relationship is clearly not serving either of you. You clearly want to be married. And if you haven't like even been remotely intimate in two years, he clearly is looking for something else. Maybe it's another woman. Maybe it's another guy. Either way, I know that you're okay with it, but I think it's time to talk about it. Lay it all out on the table. For sure. Especially before you get married. You haven't touched that thing in two years. Y'all got problems. Gotta make sure it's still there. the best times. Gotta be a little nicer about that. That's the truth. <laughs> <laughs> two years. He's rubbing on something. <laughs> the Burt Show. All right, the email is, she loves this guy, really digs him, except there's one big old problem. He is broke, 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 broke. So what does she do about it? Mo's got the email. Hello, Burt Show. I live in Ontario, Canada, came across your show on Facebook during COVID and have been listening ever since. You guys are so funny and smart and each bring something special to the show. You are sure you're listening to the Burt Show. (laughs) (laughs) Love y'all. So let me get down to it as I need some advice. I'm 28 and have been dating my current boyfriend who was 29 for the past 10 months. I met him after getting out of a seven-year relationship that I was completely miserable in. I can honestly say I've never been so happy in my life. I love him so much. He treats me like a queen and is everything I ever wanted in a partner. Over the past two months, though, he has been going through a very hard time. He had to move out of his apartment last minute, and he does not have family to help him out, so he has been staying with friends until he can get back on his feet. You might be thinking, why can't he afford a place of his own? First, he was in a serious motorcycle accident when he was 13. He ended up shattering his leg and has been living off disability since he was 18. He actually has a permanent limp, and this has a genuine impact on him working as he does renovations. Second, rent is stupid expensive and almost impossible to live on your own. We've talked about him doing maybe a desk job, but he doesn't have those skills as he's been doing trades his whole life. We plan on getting a place together down the road, but I don't want to move in until he has con- constant, consistent money coming in. Aside from disability, one thing I love about him, that he has goals, works really hard, and wants better for himself. If he was content with his situation and had no drive, I would completely be turned off. He never mooches off me. We split the bill, and we can 
when we can, and he always pays me back. So I never feel like he's taking advantage. But the thing is, I have a full-time 9-to-5 job with consistent income. I just moved back with my parents, so I'm saving as much as I can. Whereas my boyfriend works here and there and is barely getting by on disability checks. 1200 a month. He basically lives off the money he gets and has nothing left to put away. So my question is, what should I do? I love my boyfriend and don't want to break up. But money is important to me, as I want to live comfortably. I don't need to live lavishly. I don't expect him to pay for me or get fancy gifts. I love him for him. But I've also been in a relationship where money became a huge issue and I was taken advantage of. I know a couple... I know as a couple, you should be there when things get hard, but I'm also close to 30 and want some structure. I still live at home, so I shouldn't be talking too much, but I just don't want to waste my time. But I also have never loved someone like I love him, so I'm torn. Birdshell, please help or give advice if you've been in a similar situation. All the best. Mm-hmm. For me here, I'm, <laughs> uh, I'm going to be a little calculated in my answer, so you guys go first. For me here, um. I feel like you're really going to regret it if you dump this guy because you're stressed about money right now. That being said, like I know the number one thing when it comes to divorce is usually finances. So you got to figure that out before you move in in with each other, which of course you already know. I think if you get some kind of physical representation of what he needs to be making in order for you guys to move in, I feel like that's going to make the most sense. Like, for example, if you want to get a house before you two move in together, why don't you find some houses on Zillow and print them out and say, hey, this is my goal for us to be able to afford in the next one, two, three years or whatever. How can we both get there financially? This is where I'm going to be. Where can you get, um, where can you be so that we can both afford this together? So I live this Minus the limp and disability. However, my <laughs> husband does have a nub. I'm just saying, because he cut off half a finger. Um, and I, I don't know. And I'm trying to put myself back there because it was a long time ago. Like we met 17 years ago. And that is a, like a substantial amount of time. And it, people misremember. And I understand that. But I don't ever recall being um, put off by his lack of employment or lack of money. And I don't know what this says about me but it's because I always knew I could provide for the both of us. So maybe if she was in more of a stable situation herself, because they are both kind of up in the air right now, I can understand how that would be disorienting and um, you would be hesitant in moving forward in the relationship. But for me, dating somebody who did not have a consistent job, but I saw so much potential, treated me like a queen, brought everything else to the table, minus, you know, money. um, That was just... It, it was just, it was at the bottom of my priority list. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a couple of strong feelings about this. First of all, I think that you knew that if you were going to be the provider, that Bart was going to have his roles and he was going to provide in different areas that weren't financial. So it was an equal relationship. Totally. Always has been. That is 100% where you have to go if one isn't working. The second thing I would say here is... Um, look, this is important to you to have money and for him to have a job to be able to provide financially. Don't go off of his p- potential. I would say true. at some point or another, he has to show you what he really is. You are hoping because you love him so much that this is part of him, but this m- might be him in theory of himself, but not really what he's all about. I wouldn't rush into this relationship if that's important to you. Somebody once said on the show, and I don't remember who, but you have to look, and it might have been Cassie, you have to look at your partner. And if your partner, if this is 
as good as it gets as far as like, you know, you're, you're, you got to put potential aside. This is where they are for the rest of your life. Are you going to be okay with that? Are you going to be happy mm-hmm. with that? Yeah, I'm kind of torn on what kind of advice to give, but I do agree with Bert. I mean, if it's me, it's a no-brainer. If I feel like this is my person and I feel like they make me feel like I've never felt, and I that to me would be more important. And I just have faith in myself that we'll find a way. We will work this out. But at the same time, if you already have those feelings of I love this person, but I want to be with this person, but then maybe you're right and you should accept mm-hmm. it for where it is and find a way to move on. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. It doesn't sit right with my soul. That's kind of been a fun theme we've been playing with on the Burt Show lately, where you're getting something off your chest that's just not sitting right with you. Like when I threw a sick burn at Abby and then immediately felt bad, and she did the same thing to Kristen and also felt bad right away. Now, we're all good, and that was all in good fun, but sometimes you're not quite ready to confront your problems head on, and you need someone to talk to. And while we love talking to you guys about your drama, sometimes it's above our pay grade, and you need a professional to give you advice. I've been to therapy and there's something so freeing about unloading your problems on a therapist that has your back and you know is there to help you. And that's where BetterHelp comes in. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Show today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Show. If you're looking for somewhere to celebrate, whether it be a birthday or a graduation or an anniversary, may I recommend an Atlanta United match? So my husband and I just celebrated our seventh wedding anniversary. He is a massive Atlanta United fan. So, of course we decided to go to a match at Mercedes-Benz Stadium and had the best time. I'm telling you, if you're a super fan, if you're a casual fan, going to an Atlanta United match is a great way to celebrate. My husband got to watch a great match and I got to enjoy delicious wine and I also may have gone to the team shop and got myself a new sweatshirt. I'm very excited about my new Atlanta United sweatshirt. (laughs) And kudos to Atlanta's fan base because every time we ride Marta to go down to a match, it is packed full of people wearing their Atlanta United gear. Visit atlutd.com for tickets and also for the match schedule. That's atlutd.com. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. The Burt Show. All right, moving on. These are really fun because they are the most cringe-worthy <laughs> voice prompts from Hinge. And each and every week, Abby goes searching for them. Yeah, if you're fortunate enough to not be on the dating apps, give yourself a pat on the back. I am still in the trenches. But on this dating app called Hinge, sometimes people can respond to some of the prompts that are on their profiles with voice prompts. And they are usually very, very cringy, but usually we get a good laugh out of them. And so this week, I went hunting for some good ones. I've got some sent to me and I found a very different sector of voice prompts this time around. So normally we just hear the voice prompts from their profiles when you're scrolling through and deciding who you do and do not want to match with. And I will play some of those at the end, but I did find this one girl who has this ongoing bit where she will use voice messaging once she actually matches with the guys and she gets very creative. So in one of these text conversations, she pretend, I can't play because it's too graphic, but she 
pretended that she was in the middle of a battle and was like, I'm sorry, I'll get back to you, but... And so I think she has found her perfect match because he brought the same energy when responding back to her. Which one is this? Surgeon. Hi, Cutlet. This is Alien. I just wanted to reach back out to you and say thanks for the note. Really hope you make it back from war. Uh, Scalpel! Sorry, I'm just at um, my day job as a neurosurgeon. I'm trying to uh, sew up Jeffrey's cerebral cortex right now. So (laughs) shut up, Jeffrey. Um, But, you know, it's really nice that uh, you reached out, and I hope that we can get together for drinks sometime soon. So, oh, one sec. Oh, I got to go. I got to go. Okay. If they don't go out okay. together, they are missing out on a huge opportunity. That might be the best one I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> and so the bit has just kept going on and on and on. And so she did another one where she, you know, was talking to this guy and, you know, was pretending that she was in the car or whatever and, you know, being a little distracted while she was driving. And then he again brought back the same energy. Okay. So just like contact my lawyer and we can go from there. Hey, Caitlin, that's no problem. I can reach out to your lawyer. I'm actually on the road too, driving, and there's this girl with a UF sticker in front of me, and she's going crazy. Oh my God! Oh my God, Caitlin, is that is that you? Shoot, I guess we have to exchange information now. Uh, hey, James. Um, I just wanted to let you know I'm actually in the hospital with Caitlin right now. Um, she's right by my side, and oh. F- Oh my god. Oh, this is not good. Treasure 300! Treasure 300! Caitlin! Oh my god. Oh my god. Treasure 500! Come on! Push! Push! Please push for me! You got this! Oh my god, is that a pulse? I guess pretending you've died is better than ghosting. I think she's, <laughs> she's re- like, I'm sick of talking to this guy. <laughs> that is one way to end the conversation. Yep, she did. At least he'll know. And he's going to go along with the bit, too. So we know that he's a, yep. a good team player. So I guess that relationship ends. And she does try to continue this with other guys where I do think, um, you know, I want, sometimes it can be funny. Sometimes it can just be a little bit like, mm-hmm. are you trying to get a date out of this? Hey, Andrea, I also think you're really cute. Um, I'm actually taking a Right now, I had Chipotle for lunch, and it's not going well, so I just want to respond. Oh, okay, no. Even I. No, nope, oh How nope. do I leave this? How do I leave this? It's so embarrassing. I just wanted to see Bert's face. I mean, I love toilet humor, and that went too far for me. Too much. Too much. <laughs> it was too graphic. <laughs> I am not feeling my best today, and that was like... <laughs> I'm sorry, did you say you wanted to hear it again? No, no. do not, Thomas. Do not. Do not. Okay, now that we're out of the messages, we are back to um, just the typical voice prompts that mm-hmm. you would hear while you're swiping right and swiping left. And as we know, the, the favorite thing for a guy to do on the dating apps is to give us a little song. This is really embarrassing, and uh, I have no idea why or how I'm able to do this because I can't sing um, at all, but I can sing opera. Uh, here it goes. Uh, <laughs> I think he gets points. He gets That's zero points. That's pretty zero. funny. No, it wasn't I mean, even good. All you got to do is make her chuckle. Everybody thinks they can sing opera. Like, that's the one thing. Like, if you can't sing, you think you can belt out some opera. 
Yes, of course. And so we, we learn a little bit too much about their secret talents. We also learn about things um, below the belt as well. Believe it or not, I only have one testicle. So I think I got to put myself up there with you know, Lance Armstrong, Arnold Schwarzenegger, the drummer from Green Day, and then, you know, myself, Zach from Hinge on the Mount Rushmore, people that only have one testicle. <laughs> So now we're all doing the same thing Kristen's doing right now. Cause Googling. I, I didn't know that about those other. Yeah, I, didn't, I didn't know about Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, he made... lost a testicle after years of steroid use. Is that right? Well, I mean, it's the first thing that pops up on the Google. <laughs> the more you know. Well, speaking of him, somebody did a really great um, impression that at first I thought was him, but turns out it's not. I get to the chopper. I know it's a little cliche. <laughs> and uh, that's my impersonation of Demi Lovato. <laughs> okay, at the end is funny. That, that impression is Cookie Monster trying to do Arnold Schwarzenegger is what I get out of that. <laughs> oh, my God. That's exactly what it is. And that's all my voice prompts. Just, you, a, just your weekly reminder that it sucks out here. Are you still doing a Google search on one testicle man? Yeah, I am. <laughs> we have 22 lost celebrities with one or fewer testes. Would you like to cover that next? Why, yes. <laughs> wait, wait. Why does it say one or fewer? I mean, maybe there should be one or none. Well, it just says with one or fewer testes. Oh, yes. they're being nice. Yes, I would, actually. Okay. Okay. Can you have half a testes? Oh, there's a shocker. Really? Uh, shocker. Okay, okay, next. <laughs> the Burt Show. So, Mo, you were utterly stunned on your podcast, which is called In the Moment, and it's on the Pioneer Network, which I happen to own, and legally I have to tell you guys that. Um, because Katie, I mean, some of the things she does on that podcast and tells you about would be unheard of during here. Absolutely unheard of. And every time I think that Katie can't top what she said before, she always does. And I've heard of people doing a lot of things in order to win over the person that they're interested in. <laughs> but I think Katie took it to a whole nother level when she came to the podcast with this story of what she had to do in order to win over her love interest at the time. Katie, would you like to take it from here? <laughs> Um, well, I got in a foot massage competition. A foot massage competition? Interesting. Okay. Yes. A. Yes, I was as intrigued as you guys are. How it, does that work? How, how does one enter into a foot massaging competition, Kate? Well, first you have to have shots of tequila. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh -huh. Well, this is what happened. I was at a party, and the woman that I was interested in was there, and the night was winding down, and I'm sitting on the couch, and she comes over and sits next to me and basically props up her legs across my legs, right? And then it's just us chilling. But there's this one guy who also wanted her too, and I knew the whole night that he mm -hmm. was trying to get her attention. And I was like, ah, I got to get rid of this dude. Well, he comes over to the couch where we are and for some reason proceeds to start massaging one of her feet. That's laying on your lap. Yes. Right in front of you. And so then I'm like, I'm going to get a foot too. <laughs> so, I mean, she has so two of them. This queen is laying on the couch uh -huh. with her legs and feet on your lap uh -huh. with a man massaging the left foot and you massaging the right foot. Precisely. Okay. <laughs> so then you I are felt, amazing. Right? Yeah. <laughs> this is different. So then I feel like this had to be a battle off, right? He couldn't give a better massage than I can. So I'm working like the hell out of her right foot. And I'm just like, ooh. And he's like, well, do you know about this technique? And I'm like, do you know about this technique? And it was literally a battle off of us trying to massage her feet. And she's just lying there half asleep. And um, taking all the basically. benefits. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, basically. But I did it. And I feel like I won because at the end of the night, he left. 
And I you, spent the night. You got the girl. What yeah. did you? No, you said you spent the night. Did you get the girl? No. Okay. I spent, the, I spent the night. All of the foot massaging there. you did. Yeah. Well, you see, I, I spent the night. That's a win. A win is a win. How long did it last? How long did you two actually stare into each other's eyes and rub on her feet in, in competition mode? Um, I would like to believe it was about a good 10 minutes of us going back and forth, trying to show our different techniques of how you move the knuckle here and how you move the little pinky toe to the left and then to the right. Yeah. That's impressive. Yeah. Am I a bad spouse? Because I have never rubbed my husband's feet. Really? And I have no intention of doing so. I can't stand feet. I am not a foot fan. Does he have gnarly feet or is it just feet in general? It's just feet in general. I, I don't like feet. Um, and bare feet kind of like creep me out. Like families that do those photos and they're not wearing, like, and they have bare feet. <laughs> I'm, I'm the same way. I don't really? like feet. Yeah, no. I have never given a foot massage or a foot rub in my life. Now, I'll take one all day. Oh, yeah, them feet be out. Yeah. Let it, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, do your thing if you want to. No, this is such an act of love in my family. Like, anytime you come home, it's like 6 p.m., oh. we're watching TV, somebody's feet are getting rubbed. No, shut up. You rub each other's feet? Yes, yeah, yeah, family. Why that's, why always go, that's why I always go home for Florida. I know I'm getting a free foot massage. <laughs> So who rubs your feet? My mom. She does? Yeah, she gets a little bath and body works lotion. We turn on Say Yes to the Dress. We have ourselves a time. Oh, I could see Tiffany doing this with Eliza when they get older. She gives her a leg and foot massage every night. Really? As a kid, I could yeah. definitely see her when she comes home from college doing the same thing. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I, I do the same thing to Jimmy. I give his little, you know, tootsies. Um, really? But I wouldn't, I am not. I, my you return the favor for your mom? Yeah. Some, mm. <laughs> and, if, and if my dad Venmo's me a hundred bucks, I'll do it for my dad too. What? <laughs> I ain't doing nothing for my dad for free. Oh, he gotta pay for it, mom. Don't. For it. <laughs> it's the net. Be- it's the next bet payoff on this show. What's that? You're gonna have to rub somebody's somebody's feet uh, on the show. That's too oh, intimate, man. It's <laughs> <laughs> a little that's too much. Intimate. And she's over here doing it with her mom. Yeah. Didn't we have a bet? That, didn't we have a bet that we had to suck somebody's toes on the show? Because no. me and you were going to suck Katie's toes. What? <laughs> no, no, that wasn't a bet. Remember, we had to like, we, whose toes would you suck? And we both chose Katie because we thought she had the nicest toes. <laughs> the you not, do you not remember that? You not remember really. That? No, I'd like that out. Hey, me too. <laughs> and you wonder why they're trying to cancel us in Lexington. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. It's a Burt Show. The Burt Show. So their kid is getting baptized, and they are wondering if they should invite their atheist friend to the baptism. And there's there's a plot <laughs> twist that it makes it even weirder. So um, I consider myself Episcopalian, though I, you know, in full transparency, haven't been to like Sunday service in years, but I used to go for the big holidays and I was pretty religious in high school, actually. And my husband is an atheist, um, but he's always been super supportive. He's always been like, even if I've been feeling down, he'll be like, I think you need to like reconnect with your religion. And he's always been very supportive of it. So just so I have it right, agnostic is, oh, no. Atheist is, oh, no, no. It's all. There is no there sky is no, daddy. There is no, right. Atheist is. <laughs> there is no sky daddy. Sky, sky daddy. daddy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure, I have to double check, but I think agnostic is one doesn't exist at all. And atheist is, I don't believe. Okay. I'm pretty sure, but I could get that wrong. I think you're correct. Yeah. Agnostic is kind of like, I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah, whatever. He doesn't believe in in God or religion, but he supports me, um, which I've always appreciated about him. He's attended Christmas Mass with me. Like, he is down to support me. Just for him, that is not a thing. So when we had our kids, 
um, we were in an interesting predicament choosing godparents because obviously I have my religious upbringing and I would like my kids to have godparents, but he is an atheist and wants our kids to know it, be well-rounded. So he's not against me baptizing them and all that, but again, wants that, that fair sort of splitting of the godparents. So I have, my best friends are twins and they're both Catholic. So each of my kids have two godmothers and they have a godfather, which is from my husband, Chad's like friend group, but their godfather is an atheist. Mm. And that's where it gets weird because how can you be a godfather and be atheist? But we figured this way, both of our beliefs would be represented. So if our kids ever have questions in the future, Mm. they will have somebody they can ask about religion and Christianity to their godmothers. And then if they wanted to ask about atheism, um, and again, his friend is like super smart dude. They're not anti-religion. They just don't believe in it. Does that make sense? I want to be very clear. They're not hating on people who like Sky Daddy. Exactly. Yes, but that's just not their thing. He's like a, he's a scientist. So (laughs) you you love that Sky Daddy. That's beautiful. (laughs) So um, I'm like, that sounds great. So we're getting ready to have a joint baptism for them both, which I know is weird. People in my call, who know, like my daughter's almost four, my son is 18 months, but there was COVID and all this mm-hmm. stuff in between and my family's all over the place. So trying to align schedules and all of that. Curious with your, um, with your church, because I'm, I'm a godparent to several kids. Some churches have, I don't want to call it a rule, mm. but like you have to be baptized in order to be the child's godparent. Depending on the religion. Well, so that's where it gets. So I actually don't have a church. So um, and I wanted this anyway, regardless. Tommy's wife, Renee, married Chad and I. And so she's going to baptize Hazel and Max as well. She's already started working on the prayer. She's going to start a dear sky daddy. (laughs) 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 Would love it. Everyone would love it. Um, So and we're going to rent a space like there's there are churches Mm -hmm. we can rent. And that way, like we're not in front of a congregation who doesn't know us. It's going to be like a small family kind of affair. But. In doing this, I'm like, of course, I'll invite the godmothers and we are going to invite the god, you know, I'm going to call him a godfather for the sake of this break, um, your friend to be at the ceremony. And Chad's like, why? He's an atheist. He's not going to participate in the ceremony. And I was like, yeah, yeah, that's cool. He doesn't have to. But I figured he would want to be there as it's a baptism and he's their godfather, although not really godfather. Like he's their atheist godfather. And it's very convoluted. But in my head, I'm like, he should have representation and he should be there for this big moment Mm -hmm. for his godchildren. But Chad's like, that is dumb. He's an atheist. This is a religious ceremony. I'm all for it. I'll be there as their father. The godmothers will be there. He doesn't need to fly in for this. And so I'm like, well, should we at least invite? I, I'm conflicted on what to do because huh. I want mm. him to be feel included. Yeah. So let me ask you this question. And don't get it all twisted if you're listening right now. Be smarter than this. Um, so, like, would you only have other Christians or other Catholics there? What if I wanted to attend or you were going to invite me as at least by blood, Jew. Um, let's say there was somebody of the Hindu faith that didn't believe in the same God that you guys did. How is it really any different? I think the difference is, um, and I agree, I agree with you, I think the difference, the sticking point is the participation in the ceremony in some way or standing up there or just being acknowledged as part of the ceremony because he is, this guy is a significant figure in my kids' lives. lives. He's their uncle, like he is 
very much a part of it. And I think I'm so hung up on the tradition of baptism and you have everyone there and that doesn't really apply to his specific role, but I wouldn't want to leave him out. But Chad's like, why would you have an atheist come and be part of a Christian religious ceremony? And he's an atheist. He may not want to, but my thing is like, well, let's invite him Mm -hmm. and you know, we can work it where like, I don't need him to like pledge to teach the children about God, but like, I feel like he should maybe be highlighted in some way or like just denoting his significance in the relationship. Mm -hmm. I see what you're saying. And I, I would, I would invite him and be like, listen, we, we know your beliefs and we respect Hmm. them. And it's actually one of the reasons why we want you to be, um, our, our children's godfather. Um, by no means do you need to participate in the ceremony, but we would love to have you present if you want to be there. I think that's totally okay. Uh, so I might have a kind of a crunchy thought on this one here, mm-hmm. right? Um, from my understanding and my education on Jesus is that Jesus was all loving, man. So why would you not even invite an atheist into his house? Because he would still love somebody that didn't even believe in him. So he should be there and be part of the ceremony. Well, and I agree, like, but I think that's looking at it through the religious lens and Chad's looking at it through the atheism lens. Like he doesn't believe in Sky Daddy. He's not going to take part in Sky Daddy rituals because he doesn't believe in them. But I think the way I re- view a baptism is more than just a religious ceremony. It's like kind of a landmark thing in it if you believe yeah Mm -hmm. it is and i want him to be part of that like that party and that milestone but it's sort of like i feel like the equivalent to go back to your example would be inviting uh, somebody who is of the hindu hindu religion to take part in a christian ceremony and that's not their religion so why would they do that even if they were your kid's godparent Mm -hmm. like if somebody is jewish and practices judaism would they ever do a Christian religious ceremony? Mm. And I, I wouldn't feel comfortable asking hmm. that hmm. of somebody of a different faith. Huh, Tommy? Cassie, you should have like an atheist uh, section for the ceremony <laughs> and put a bunch of space heaters around so they get, so they get used to the heat that they're going to be experiencing. Oh, Sizzles. Yeah. Yeah. That would be the dirt daddy section. <laughs> I believe it's fire daddy. Yes. <laughs> yeah, sky daddy and fire daddy. Okay. Hey, the bird show. All right, so what do you got going on in your life you want to share with the bird show via email here? We're going to move on. And is it bad parenting? And I've known plenty of parents that have done this, paid their kids for good grades. I got paid. Did you get paid? I did not. I got a dollar. You got a dollar for an A. Mm-mm. Um, no, um, my but dad used to say that's something you're supposed to do. I shouldn't have to pay you to get good grades. You're supposed to get good grades. All right. So the email reads, hi, P1 here. FYI, I've moved from Atlanta to Texas to Wisconsin to New Jersey and back to Atlanta again over the last 12 years and have been listening to you religiously. Thank you for that dedication. You are most definitely a P1. Wanted to get your perspective on something we are doing with our son, who's a freshman in high school. We've always stressed academics. We will allocate tens of thousands of dollars for a car based on his grades. So the system's a little complicated, Mm -hmm. you guys. So pay attention to what they've done here. He's eligible to get $20,000 for a 3.9. It would go up 3,000 for each 0.1 above that. Mm -hmm. And you can graduate with an elevated GPA depending on what courses you take. Oh, yeah. I met somebody this weekend who had a daughter that had a six point something because it's all like AP classes and they're kicking ass in all of them. I've never heard of it going yeah. that high, but what? No, I just, it's a world that I'm unfamiliar yeah, yeah, with. Yeah, right. I mean, believe it or not, 
I had an elevated GPA when I graduated. You wouldn't know it now. Um, <laughs> or not was one of the options. <laughs> <laughs> we just, we didn't have that at our school. But yeah. if, I guess if you are taking AP or college style mm-hmm. classes, yeah. that makes sense. All right. So it would go up $3,000 for each 0.1 above the 3.9. All right. It would decrease by 2000 for each 0.1 below that. So you get 20000 for a 3.9. Mm-hmm. If he rolls in with a 3.8, they're gonna, he's going to get 18000 okay. All right? He doesn't get anything if he gets a below, if he gets below a 3.3. This would be based on his cumulative grade after his sophomore year. The money would only be allocated towards a car slash transportation and anything associated with that. He would have to make decisions on the type of vehicle because he would be responsible for the maintenance and any additional insurance if he got a ticket or accident. We've also given him the option to not buy a car. He can use that money towards Ubering instead. Whatever money is left over when he graduates, he can use it towards anything he wants. I can see how this may look to others. But note, my son has developed great fundamentals. He's learned the hard way to manage his money and self-discipline. He's in all the advanced classes and getting all A's so far. He's also well-rounded. He's excelling in wrestling, which is tough physically and mentally. Now we're working on his leadership. Thanks for reading. As a longtime listener, I'll be tickled to hear this on the air. Thanks, loyal fam. Yeah, what do you need our advice for? Your kid's kicking ass. It sounds like Uh, it. (laughs) Clearly, everything you're doing is Mm -hmm. working. So Mm -hmm. keep doing what you're doing. Who cares? Uh, Parenting, you know, to me is the same as uh, relationships that we keep talking about. They only need to make sense to you guys. So you obviously have a system in place here where your kid is kicking ass. So keep doing it. Yeah, I don't really know what they're is this, are they looking for validation. Like, congrats on being a great parent. Um, and also, like, shout out to you for, you know, fo- focusing on a, on a positive way to encourage him to get good grades. And also, the pretty penny for a car, $20,000. Most people I know mm-hmm. did not get anywhere near that much for their first car. I know some people, like, there's two takes on, like, an instance like this where, like, kids... You shouldn't pay kids to get good grades. Like, that should just, like, something they do. And then also, when it comes to making them work for a car, people, like, and obviously, this is coming from a privileged place if you can even, you know, provide your child with a vehicle, um, that you had a kid, so you are responsible for making sure they have certain things, and that would be transportation. I I never got paid. (laughs) Are you? I No. You're not responsible for that as a parent. That's a, that's what? an add-on okay, right there. Okay, so you have kids. What's the bare minimum? Like, what are you, if you choose to have a child, if you choose to bring a child into this world, what are you responsible for? There are some that would say, feed them. Okay. I give them a home. Okay. Close them their back. Now you're on your own. No, you've got to, trans- well, you have to make sure they have transportation to school. Well, mm-hmm. sure. Whatever that course. looks like. Right. Yes. I mean, but in this country, you should be able to uh, walk to the bus stop and take a bus. Uh-huh. Okay. So, I mean, those are your basics right there. Okay. Well, I think, like, love. (laughs) Well, yeah, of course. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But outside of that, I know there are some that won't give their kids any kind of allowance also for doing chores around the house. This is your house, too. You got to, like, participate. It's so, so I'm back and forth because I didn't get paid for grades, but my best friend did, or friends did. And when I brought it up to my dad, he kind of just, like, laughed at me as if I was joking. Just no. But hearing this, I'm like, in the real world, which I think is what we're all prepping kids for, you work to get paid, Mm -hmm. right? There is a financial incentive to do well at your job, promotions, bonuses, et cetera. So why not, Mm -hmm. if school is a child's work, why should there not be, if you can, why should there not be a financial incentive? 
However, when you bring up chores around the house, uh uh-uh. That's part of living. That's part of life. There is no financial incentive when you're an adult to do your chores. It is just part of basically surviving. So my kids will not be getting paid to do chores, but they'll get paid to do above and beyond, like washing a car or mowing the Mm. lawn or something like that. Good morning, Al Shea. You are part of the Burt Show. Hi. Good morning, Burt Show fam. I literally, I was just going to say the same thing. I believe since the system is building these kids to be workers anyway, going to school and, and getting good grades, that is your reward, getting paid to do that. So I see nothing wrong with it. I appreciate your call. Thank you very much. It's the Burt Show. Hey, the Burt Show. All right, Abby is back in therapy. <laughs> yeah. God, it never ends, right? There's just new problems that are just constantly coming back. It's like a boomerang. It's like once you think you've defeated it, it's just like comes right back at you. What's your boomerang sound like again? That's how it feels in my mind. That's just like what my anxiety manifests as. It's just that's the that sounds like one of those stars that they use in movies to kill each other when they throw them across the room. Yeah, your boomerang has like an engine. I thought it was a water sprinkler. <laughs> That's how it feels sometimes. Just constantly just get hit in the face with my anxiety water sprinkler. And <laughs> the last time we talked to you about this, you were feeling insecure because you thought you got ghosted by your therapist. Yeah. I she met- didn't think she did. Yeah, I dig it for a hot second. And this isn't totally abnormal. She's a busy gal. As me and Cassie have commiserated, like I have, I, I mean, I have problems. Like I don't think anybody would deny that I, that these are issues, but they're like basic white girl problems. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm dealing with anxiety and, and basic things while she literally has a day job where she's dealing with people who are incarcerated and have like serious issues. And so when she goes a couple days without talking to me, I always feel like I'm getting ghosted, but I think she really is just super busy. But that's a dangerous path to go down. You should never diminish your problems just because somebody out there has it worse than you. There's always going to be somebody out there that's going to have it tougher, that's going to have it worse. Yes, there are some, we distinguish between what's an inconvenience and what's a problem, but anxiety is not an inconvenience. That is a problem. And and I totally agree with that. And that's sort of my self-deprecating way of being like, I get it. She's a busy girl and she's got a lot going on. So last week I was sitting here and I was sort of sitting in this big pool of anxiety of stuff that's come up since I've moved to Atlanta. Sent her a text. A couple days went by. I didn't hear from her. And I was like, gotta find a new therapist. She finally got back with me. And we ended up talking on Monday. And what we talked about was some issues that have come up since moving to Atlanta. And normally moving to a new city, like there's a lot of new energy. And when I've moved... It's normally been for short periods of times. Like every summer I would intern in a different city. You were in NYC. I mean, it doesn't get much bigger than that. I know. New York, Austin. I lived in Barcelona for a little bit. And so moving to new places is not like a new thing for me. I usually handle it very well. Yeah, it must be handling the disappointment. Those are awesome cities you just like <laughs> rattled off. <laughs> it's been good to me. These basic white girl problems are really starting to show their true colors. Do you see what I'm trying to say? I get it, Abby. Do you see what I'm trying to I'm say? I'm picking up what you're putting down. Okay. It's okay. Um, And so this has been my first big permanent move since college. And when I moved to college, a lot of the problems that I've been dealing with, I honestly honestly felt like I just sort of dealt with with alcohol. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. you feel a little bit of anxiety. You just go to your local frat party. You get some skull and you funnel it down (laughs) and it's fine. Not very healthy, right? Now I'm an adult. Now I actually have to face my problems head on. And what I've been struggling with since moving to Atlanta that surprised me is a lot of my social anxiety has come back. I I think it's kind of shocking because we're in a very social field. So clearly I've made 
the right decision <laughs> with somebody who has social anxiety. It's actually really common. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, the guy look, sitting look, right look next, next to you. To you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the poster boy here of having social anxiety and choosing this career. I know. So I, I had really bad social anxiety in high school. And I think a lot of people thought I was like a snob growing up because I would just kind of like keep to myself and not really like interact with people. And I really struggled with that until college when I became like the social butterfly, but I think a lot of it had to do with like, you know, going out and having a couple drinks and feeling, you know, fun, flirty, and frisky. And now I realize I'm like an adult in a lot of these really scary social situations, like meeting new coworkers and meeting new friends and meeting new guys. All these tend to be problems I can't really mask. And I wanted to handle it like an adult and go back to therapy and actually talk about it. So I took that first step this week. Good mm-hmm. for you. I know. I feel so responsible. <laughs> Look at me. Has it um, calmed you down at all or given you any kind of peace, I guess I should say, at all? I mean, it's only a first session in a while. Yeah, I think I was a little disappointed, admittedly, because I think I thought I would log on to therapy. I do online therapy. Um, and I think I thought she would have like this magic like trick to like make me feel better because a lot of my problems are physical. They're not necessarily like thoughts that I'm having. I just sort of tend to clam up and sweat over here. And what I realized what has, what therapy more about, what what therapy does more for me is actually just having an outlet to hear myself process it. Like I'll talk about it and I'll sort of have these revelations in my mm-hmm. mind of, oh, I feel like that because of this. And just sort of having like a bouncing board to go off of. Mm-hmm. So I've been seeing a new therapist now for two weeks and it's mostly been like family history stuff. We haven't gotten to the root or how I'm going to fix what is going on in my head and my heart. But just talking about it has put me in the most awesome mood just to get it out of my head and speak to somebody about it has just changed my mood entirely. Yeah. And it's also really nice to have someone to validate what you're going through because like you've just heard, I tend to kind of self-deprecate and mm-hmm. diminish my problems and having someone go like, it's actually really normal that you feel that way. Like you're not, you're not crazy for feeling that way. So it's been helpful. Is it, um, is it weird to hear like some say, like I, I heard the words just come out of my mouth. It's so nice to be able to talk to somebody about it when I have a fiance, mm-hmm. right? Or you have a husband mm-hmm. or a girlfriend or whatever. But there is something different about sharing that with somebody in therapy than it is the most important person in your life or no? No, it is because um, I, I care about what Bart thinks about me. And so I know I can be my, and not that I'm not unfiltered around my husband because I am, but there is something, because this is, while it's not a stranger, you know them, they're not in your life every single day, and you know their role as far as hearing you out, not passing judgment, because, I mean, and that's what is comforting for me. I know I can go in there, say whatever, mm-hmm. however I say it, and I'm not going to get judged for it, because they're going to say it, see it from a psychological standpoint. I know for me, it's a is having social anxiety and speaking to like a friend or a family member. I think that's a piece of it is it, the judgment in it, and it's almost as if they are uh, attempting to help you. Whereas, like uh, doing therapy and me doing my podcast is kind of similar because mm-hmm. I'm really just talking and I'm not necessarily looking for an answer. I'm just expressing myself, and then as you express yourself, you kind of 
almost answer a lot of the questions you have in just the thought-provoking things that come to you from just talking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, to, to be fair, to give my husband a shout-out, there were things he had been telling me for years that I never listened to, but then my therapist told me, and I was like, oh, that's a great idea. Like pick up your clothes? <laughs> Something like that. And <laughs> and he, I would come home with some of these revelations, and he would be like, you know, I've been saying this for years. I go, yeah, but for some reason, when it comes from her, it's just different. Right. <laughs> when I'm paying for it, there's so much more credibility. <laughs> hey. The Bird Show.